0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Research, and I'm super excited to have Rachel Elnar and Michael Stinson from Type Ed on the program today. They are incredible. I took one. I did a Black Friday sale. They had a Black Friday sale, and I did a whole lesson in a day. And now I keep getting little emails from Michael, which I don't know if he knows he's sending them to me. But he is sending them to me, and I get little tips about type. So it's incredible. Um, and I really learned stuff. And I feel like I'm a learned typographer person because I teach it, and I went to a really – heavy type school for grad school. So it was kind of burnished into me, but I learned new things. And I think that there's always new stuff to learn and it's about applying and we're always growing. So without further ado, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Thank you very much for having us.
0: So I kind of want to get a little bit of a background and then we'll get into type ed, but I definitely want to welcome everybody. If this is your first time to design ReCharge, we got people from all over Portugal. Hey, we have we usually have somebody from Portugal, so you won't be alone <laughs> for you. Um, so um, thank you for telling us where you guys are from. So you guys are in L.A., right?
1: Yes, we're in Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: right. Not lower Alabama like me. I'm also in L.A., right?
1: <laughs> oh, that's true.
0: Yeah, not the same kind of LA, but um, so give us, um, Rachel, will you start off and tell us a little bit about your background and then where your love for type um, and and design kind of came when you knew there was a, a weird passion there?
1: Yeah, actually my background, well, I've always been a fine artist. Uh, I started off in painting and drawing for my bachelor's and I got into my master's in uh, painting and drawing as well. And that's when it changed. I started painting with a lot of type letter forms into my paintings. And I also started to cross media. So I would like scan the paintings, put it into digital and then move it. So I would do a lot of motion pieces and interactive pieces. And that's what things just blew up for me. So I always had a love for type. It wasn't a formal or corporate love for type. And that's when I met Michael and he had that corporate. So, you know we had that mix where I was like crazy with type and he was strict with type.
0: <laughs> all right. So Michael, give us a little bit about your background.
2: Well, I, I originally went to school for aerospace engineering and physics. And, uh, I, really? uh, I got all my scholarship money in art. Yeah. So, um, to make a long story short, I just ended up in the design department it became and uh, it was almost too easy. Um, because I got the math behind all of it and everything. So, um, but then I immediately started doing on your porch for a guy down in Orange County here, locally, um, right r- when I was still in school. So I had a lot of type from the beginning and this was still on boards for the computer. So um, I'm used to handling, you know, 50 pages of type all the time. So. That's when I really came into uh, the beginning of handling a lot of type like that. And then, of course, we also did word marks, which led to hand lettering and things like that. And when we used to ink them, you know, with a technical pen, and I could already do that. So um, so type was uh, prevalent from the beginning for me. Yeah.
0: But now, Michael, you're not that much older than me, or at least you you have aged super well, right? So it was. I have a like a letter set box over here to my right. Is that what you were doing? Like, this is a terrible typeface. I mean, maybe it's not terrible, but it's just, you know, it's just the first thing in my thing. So were you setting type with this stuff? Yes. But in
2: Thompson College, I was using those. Yeah.
0: So then how long after college did you go to the computer?
2: I was in college. We okay. got our first 2CI. I think in a department, there was one. I would say 1991. Mm-hmm. 90, 91. And there was only one. So, um... Actually, a lot of us went over to Art Center, which is not close by to our campus at Cal Poly. Uh, They had more computers, so we took computers over there, like Illustrator and stuff like that, at night.
0: Oh, so you... Cool. So, how how far into... When you graduated, were you pretty proficient on the computer, or was there still a lot of... I mean, with word marks, you're going to do some of that by hand, always was everything you had moved from paste up to computer before you left?
2: Yeah, I, I could do both. I was doing both for the internship I was I had an internship like uh, my junior year and I worked with that guy a year or two after I graduated. So I was I was actually physically transitioning him from boards to to the computer right like in the early 90s. Yeah.
1: It was a strange transition time, actually. Most, a lot of people were just learning software on their own. There was really no; it was not in the schools. Right. It was just yeah, literally you had to do it by yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's that's the way we teach it. So we don't teach you how to use the programs. That I didn't. I I went to school from '91 to '96, and it was all on the computer. Um, I mean, there was one class that was, you know, pasted up, but it wasn't. We didn't even use Electraset like. Mm-hmm. But everything was pretty much, um, I mean, but it's, you're teaching design skills, right? right?
2: Right.
0: And I think that those things don't change. The program changes all the time yeah. and you have to be able to keep up. You're not, your boss isn't going to, you're like, hey, they came out with another, you know, creative, yeah. cloud. I've got to go to a workshop. No, you're going to just have to work, get it out, worked out, right?
2: Yeah, you have to teach the mentality rather than the production skill. Yeah.
0: So then how did you get so much, I know this isn't on the sheet, but how much, how did you get so much um, in-depth typography? Was that self-taught or was that just through practice? Um, or did you have great typography teachers?
2: Well, the, the guy I started working with, the, the internship that I had doing any reports, it was just me and him. So it was really a mentorship for two solid years. I would say he pretty much taught me everything I know about type and intricacies of it and how to respect type. That was the main thing too. And then it's a discipline within design. Um, but then later I took classes at art center and in, in, uh, digital typography and stuff like that to, you know, in, enhance or supplement what he was teaching me. But um, it was the direct one-on-one, four hands on a board kind of thing next to each other that I think really is what, you know, gave me the more of a broader perspective about type. and. The intricacies about using type, yeah.
0: and that's something I didn't, I didn't that formal
2: class either it was just him, right? I took formal classes at at art center later, you know, to supplement, and that's where I got all the rules and everything else. Yeah.
0: I think that Rachel and I were talking about that. Really, teaching typography and teaching these the rules and how to break the rules and how to place type and how to use it. Really, it helps to be hands on. So it was really nice yeah. that you had that kind of one on one with that that mentor.
2: Yeah, and I was young, I was only 21 or so. So it sticks more when you're younger, I believe. Yeah.
0: Maybe so. I don't know. I hope it sticks now when I learn something. <laughs> I hope it doesn't just go away.
2: Doesn't for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um so Rachel, you were talking we were talking the other day during the test and um, and just in some of the stuff that I was reading about you guys that you both saw kind of an absence um, from what people, and I know this is true at my university as well, cause there's only so many classes um, there. You've got to cover so many things. And a lot of times you can't teach t- three type classes, which would be ideal or maybe even more than that. All but right. <laughs> you, saw <an> abs- right? <laughs> you saw an absence of in-depth understanding and, and really how to work with with type, um, what kind of things were you, were you actually seeing? Either one of you can answer this.
2: Well, we're, Go ahead. We were, you know, we have interns coming in showing the resumes and their books and everything. It's, it was really apparent to me that, um, I was seeing, uh, the, the lack of respect for the type connected to the page. And this is, this might seem a little Zen-like to you guys, but this is just how I was taught. Um, the type is connected to the page through the grid right and that happens first and then the imagery and color and everything comes on and you could obviously see it was it was the students were learning the opposite they were learning how to get it you know a great image on the page center it or whatever like film style like and then trying to work in the copy around it you know kind of a thing and that's just not how we learn because the content's the reason you have the job anyway so the content is respected through getting on the page first and that was a you know, this that we learned now and I know it's different now, but um, you could just you could just feel that when we see would see the work that the type was disconnected in some way, either through the, you know, the layout and the composition, usually through the composition or the, you know, the scaling of the type to the image as well. You know.
1: Yeah. So when these interns came in, we noticed that they were lacking these skills that Michael was talking about. And it ended up where we were teaching them, we were paying them and teaching them the things that we felt that they should know already. So we thought, well, there's more people than just students and interns who need to know this information, so let's just see. Uh, we ran a school, a, a summer school test with my students to come in and to learn a couple classes. We sort of honed down the curriculum that way and opened it up and we're really amazed the people who have come in for classes. We've had people from Variety, from LA Times, Hulu. From, from Hulu, Hulu yeah, Disney from and Disney. And We've had a creative director from, some, you know, an agency, an ad yeah. agency here. So it's amazing that people are much more interested in type than I thought. We thought we would be teaching students and interns, but actually everyone can really use a refresher.
2: I was just kind of appalled that they weren't learning the same way, you know, the same in-depth way that I did before. And it seems to be, the the techniques seem to be loosening up quite a bit, you know, and and uh, I think that's a shame, you know, because the, the technicality of type in the, in the balance of the artwork with the images is what graphic design is all about. And you see it kind of disconnecting, you know, in front of our eyes with all this, all these new students coming out of school.
1: Well, not just out of school. I mean, a lot yeah. of people learn on the job, but the thing is that. When yeah. people who don't know what they're doing, well, not necessarily not know what they're doing, but they're learning on the job from yeah. not the same approach.
2: The problem we have locally is, is we're in you know film industry here. And what do they do? Everything
1: in Photoshop. <laughs> Everything is Photoshop. <laughs> that doesn't I, work. No,
0: I talked to somebody one time and they were like, yeah, I put my magazine together in Photoshop. I'm like, what? You <laughs> As do a sketch? Cool. But, yeah, I'm like, what, what part? Like, how, what? Like, just. They were like, well, that's what I know, and and yeah. that's where I actually start teaching InDesign and Intro to Graphic Design because
2: you have to too,
0: yeah. I they I think people will do. It's like, well, I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable with this. Well, you don't want to do a document in, in in Illustrator, you definitely don't want to do it in Photoshop. I mean, it's like you use the tool. It's I'm not gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to walk to California. I'm going to fly, right? Like, right. let's use the tool that set, seems the right. most we efficient. All,
2: we can all hear our dads saying, you can't use a crescent wrench for a hammer or you know, <laughs> whatever else. Like, I <laughs> use the right tool for the right job. And we had to learn all the software. It's like, it's like if you're going to go learn animation, right, or 3D, you're going to go learn Maya or whatever. You're not going to use Photoshop or Illustrator, you know. You're going to use the right tool for the right job.
1: Yeah, but like what you guys are saying in the chat saying that it's gotten out of hand it definitely has gotten out of hand it's really hard to find the Around right tool here. for the writing shop yeah. but at at you know 20 years ago you didn't really need to take a full class to learn how to use a pencil so the tools have become very complex I you did. know and trying, to, <laughs> and trying uh-huh. to figure out the right process the right method in order to apply type and apply images you know a little more difficult I learned, the
2: there's three different ways to hold a pencil for different things because if you've taken drafting you know what i mean sure
0: So one of the things I took this, and I don't know if I said this recorded or not, so I'm going to say it again. So on Black Friday, type ed had a sale. And so I, of course, wanted to take a class. And so I took one of Michael's classes about combining, choosing typefaces and combining type. Because I was like, well, I know something about this. I'd like to see what else. But I learned stuff. I learned there was in an S. It's not just a spine. I think there's a beak or or, Mm -hmm. what's the part in the F? It's the curve that's right
2: here. The the, the shoulder? shoulder?
0: No, not the shoulder. I thought it was something I didn't know.
2: Is an f a lower or an f, lowercase f.
0: F, yeah. Like it's right. I don't know. It was a weird uh, term. Like right there. Oh, I know that's, it's a terrible f.
2: Sorry. That's there's three parts to the end of the serif. I mean, font developers will know this more than me, but you know, you have the serif itself, and then you have the bracket, then you have right. the, the piece and the whole arm is the whole you know it's like there's four four terms
0: there it wasn't an f then i can't remember but anyway there was a there was in an s and there was in that s it was was like right there maybe it wasn't the terminal it was it was like
2: that's going to be probably a connect connector point
0: anyway it was, but it was a term I didn't know in, I mean, I knew what the word was, but I didn't, um, it wasn't like it was a five letter word I'd never heard of, but it was, there was stuff in there that I hadn't known and it was terrific to know that, but then you also like pulled, um talked about things and made it simple and maybe it is the engineer kind of mindset and that math kind of coming in and how you did that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I know I've been doing this, but I haven't been doing it the way that you were uh, teaching it. It just made it so much, so much easier. So I guess I think that anybody who thinks that they know like me, I thought I knew a good bit, but it was so nice to hear some new kind of things and ways to, um, to decide, make decisions. But the one thing that I teach that you also taught was, Hey, you got to read your content first. Right. Like that was number one. And I love know that.
2: Where all the pitfalls are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. First thing I do. Yeah.
0: So, um, all right. So you were seeing a bunch of holes kind of, and maybe still are, but then you also have what I think is pretty neat is that you, you saw this, um, you saw a lot of people who were really interested and maybe it surprised you from that summer class. So was that the summer of 2011 or was that 2012?
1: I think it was 2011. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did a a, like six months soft launch after that Mm -hmm. and literally just had people come into our studio.
0: So you guys also are, you have your own studio, Ramp Creative, right? And so is it how big is
1: is that you're looking at it (laughs) well we also have a designer julie and so there's three of us we
2: kind of we kind of uh, swell up when we have more work and then you know have some attrition you know when we don't have work so so then
0: you were just bringing them into your space and then but the type ed the images that you sent i know that that i mean unless you just have like a classroom in your space um You know, it seemed like that was, that's like a dedicated classroom. Is that in your space or are you renting space? So,
1: so the images that we sent, actually, there's many different images that from many different places. So, uh, we do, it was basically a conference room. We have a conference room. And so we just let people in and Mm -hmm. we teach a small class there. When it gets bigger, we, uh, you know, rent out different venues or, yeah. yeah, or go out of town. A lot of times with AIGA chapters, we've been touring you know with chapters that we like visiting or cities we like visiting.
2: You haven't get invited to Alabama. So. <laughs> well,
0: we we have a new chapter.
2: We're
1: know, the baby
0: chapter. So
1: I think, we think can I met have, have you. like 2 years ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so keep going. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, so we definitely hold them all over the place. Not only do we tour, but we're doing them online as well. Uh, we've been doing speaking things as well. So we're just trying to get the word out. I mean, um, like you said, not only did we see holes, but we know that the type design community is growing. People are designing fonts all the time. There's over 300,000 typefaces out there and nobody's, uh, nobody's teaching them how to use them correctly. So. Uh, we're trying to help also the type design industry and in mm-hmm. making sure that what the type designers are producing looks beautiful, is being used beautifully and also read, you how, know, readability. To- how it's intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel like it's been um, and I kind of ask this, like, you know, with people coming that they, they, when you go and you're new to the industry or you're uh, reentering from a time off or something, um, that there's some learning that has to come in into that. The studio, the mentor, is going to have to do some of this teaching. Do you feel like with like UX/UI, it's been there's been more of a focus on the typography, and then there's been more of this like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to, um, I need to brush up on some skills, or I need to. Or do you feel like it's just really just this resurgence of a type focused um, or a, an interest in typography?
2: I think it's it's a new awareness that's coming out. UI UX is really young, right? So it's a it's a different kind of surface that we're dealing with in design. And I think they start to go after a while. They start to go, oh shit, we're using a lot of type, you know, right? Like you know, in a seasoned designer like us, we're, we already know that's the first thing that we're we're getting is you know, it's very rare that you're gonna get something with no type on it, the design. So in this little space that's new. You know, they have this mentality, it's kind of like a a secondary mentality, like, oh, yeah, we got, it's the type now. But where they need to think now is what we try to teach is that 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 mentality needs to be there from the beginning, because it's just another page. It's just a smaller page, Mm -hmm. like a book page, and the text has got to go on there and and be uh, used proportionally to that page or that screen. And If you have that mentality, it doesn't matter what you're designing. It could be the side of a building, it could be a film. If you have type mind to page, it doesn't matter whether you're on screen or on paper or anything. And that's what we try to teach. Because if you have that mentality, you don't have any, You're not all, oh my god. You know, like a lot of UI UX. How do I learn type for UI UX or web? Well, you don't need to, because the traditional way is that your mind should be connected to the type to the page anyway. No it's like if it's on screen or paper or whatever.
0: Using a screwdriver. It doesn't matter if you're screwing into wood or concrete. You just need the right bit, right? You just need to know what your content is.
2: That's exactly right.
1: I also think that a lot of designers who are in UX uh, realize they are designing an experience and so it is a reading experience. And now that you know what they're designing has so much content, they don't know how to deal with all this content. So
2: the other thing too is that I see a lot of mistakes on on mobile where a lot of the type is pretty big, but it's, they're using a, like an extra thin, right. And the screen, even as, as sharp as it is, is pixelating it and it, they got it in some kind of light gray or something. So they're, it's evident that they're going for style instead of readability first, which is a mistake. You, you have to learn, you have to almost think like an engineer like that. It's got to function first to the reader and then you can pick style. And you would notice that thin is too thin and we would go to like extra light or, or Roman or something.
0: Right, I always think the bring here, of course, is right here. My one of my yeah.
2: favorites, right? That's you guys do my tattoo class.
0: It it's <laughs> it's really like I'm. I tell people I'm like, ooh, ooh, listen to this, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're just so weird. But,
2: <laughs> you
0: know, there's just so many things I just write in the margin, you know, and star and um, and I guess I I one of the things that in, in here that I I love is. Type. I ask us students or people, I say, oh, well, do you ever read novels? And they were like, yeah, sometimes, you know. And I was like, well, do you, know, do you notice the typeface? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, do you, do you notice the typeface when you're reading the story or do you just hear the story? And the typeface becomes, you know, invisible. Mm-hmm. And they were like, because I do have one book that's absolutely terrible. And I have it here. And when I bought it, I was like, oh, this will be cool. Like I thought the concept was cool. I didn't do the Amazon, like click in, but actually it's a good thing. The only reason I haven't ever sold it back is because the type is so terrible. Like you can't read.
2: I keep (laughs) all the bad stuff.
0: It's terrible. (laughs) And, and it really, it, but it goes to show you're, you're painting your reader and it, If UX UI is everywhere, right? Really, it's not just on mobile. It's, it's everywhere. It's
1: everywhere. And not only that, I think that there's also a resurgence back to the craft. So people who are doing lettering and sign painting and whatnot, are really starting to to work with type in a way that they hadn't before. So I think it's from both sides, not only the digital side, but those people who are going back to craft.
2: At Japan, a lot of Roman serifs now. I had a Japanese student in my class a few semesters ago and they want to know everything there is to know about Baskerville and you know all all these you know Garamond and Caslon and so there's a, a resurgence back to the traditional you know, a little bit.
0: I think everything comes around, right? Yeah, I
1: like, think it does.
0: Um, all right, so why is understanding how to choose typefaces? Because I think you know, this is the lesson I learned. This was great. It was a twenty-eight dollar class course i got it at half price because it was black friday but 28 dollars for what i learned totally worth it and these were creative live classes like i guess you guys did creative live and then um and then you're able to still continue and i thought i mean i love the black friday so that was absolutely (laughs) um but it was for 28 bucks it was really worth but there is something and we're getting to that a little bit later but about teaching online as opposed to teaching in the classroom, right. um. But why is understanding typefaces so critical for the communication of the piece and and choosing the right typeface?
2: Well, it's the personality. It's going to be the initial um, subconscious level personality of when you look at that page and the design, and because we're so apt to read and programmed initially because the system's been around for what a couple thousand years, right? The system that we're using to communicate. So we're already trained. Our eyes are already trained to want to read first, right? So The typeface that you choose To connect to that voice is critical For instance, if you have somebody talking like, um, you know uh, Obama, let's say you got a typeface that is kind of like um, Chris Rock Right. It's in the same genre, but it's it's not quite it's there's a lot of humor you're gonna get a different perception of what you're gonna read, right? So, that's why I always use the analogy of why aren't novels, like you were just saying, set in sans serif, (laughs) Are they set in serif, right? There's a couple of reasons for that, but that's another reason is that the informality of the content would be judged if it was in sans serif, the length of it, right? So, that's why the initial Typefaces that you use especially if you're doing hand lettering for a letter for a, a max head or whatever is critical of what the style is you know if it's more technical or if it's more you know flourishy like it just hish or whatever you know how's that going to lead into the content so because if they, when you start reading the content there's a mismatch you gotta you got an issue right right
1: so, that's invisible yeah. that means it's really well set
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why all novels are you know set in serif all this time for 500 years or whatever
0: right right i use the analogy of going to see a monet and then the, the background music and they they talk about the background music in the bringers right and um i was like oh what if metallica is playing during the monet exhibit I, would it be the same experience as this just nice classical music softly played i mean it could be metallica softly played in the background but it's going to be a different feel you're going to go through that this show and there's going to be a, a a different experience. Right. But I feel like, you know, that's what type is to the written, to the story. And, and it really does play a huge role. And, and I think in the creative live, I love that. I mean, I'm going to take some more of the classes. I didn't should have bought more on black Friday, but I did, not but I will buy some more. But one of the things that I liked is that you had these, um you had magazines down and like one was like a tech magazine. One was um, like a, not a tech magazine but they were all kind of, and then you really talk about the type that was chosen for the body type which should be probably your first type that you choose.
2: That is always. the first type. right?
0: So not your your headline.
2: Mm-hmm. You build up from the body. You always set the most content first. That's the rule and that's always the body copy. So if, nowadays if you have UX, UI, mobile or whatever um, it's still that block that's scrolling first and then you work, you work your way up the page. Now I know I'm being strict about that but I'm a big believer in how you build something. that really uh, is connected to the outcome, whether it's sophisticated or not. You know how you build something, the the process in which you take
1: the German engineering, yeah. Of your I
2: guess. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway.
0: So, what about setting the type? Because this is also really critical. Like the 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 letting you know when students are in class. Um, sometimes they'll set it too far apart, two two pieces, I think of these as lines. I cut ca- I just turn the lines sideways and say, these are people. Mm-hmm. And do you read these two people together? is this is this a couple in the in the movie theater or are they in a fight, you know, and they're standing far further away? So it's about, you know, how far is you' letting that is comfortable. And I think that, Setting it and how knowing how to set it and how much space is around it; those are things that are really important. But what do you th- see as some of the? Because I think some people think they know how to do that, right?
2: They can feel it, but I don't know if they're actually consciously thinking of it. Right, yeah, that's the thing too. Is, is are you conscious of it? And usually, with negative space and design, we're not. It hovers around the subconscious. We kind of are more into a feeling situation there, but that's not how we learn. We learn to to measure. And proportion, distance, and space from the margin on in. And that's a different mentality that we do now because everybody's in a hurry to just to get the, the, the layout finished. Right? Right. Beauty and the harmony of the page is building that page through the margins. And in the old days, and I still do this now, the letting is more important than the type size. So when I ask people, you know, what's your type set at, they usually say 12. Keep going. There's five things you got got to answer that question. And it starts off with the typeface. It's Helvetica, and then it's Roman, and then it's 15 on 20. Those two numbers are always together. They're never apart. And then the tracking, that's how we were taught. But the letting is what sets the pace of the page. That is equivalent to the beat in music. Any Any musical piece since the dawn of time starts with a beat, right? The letting is how it's represented on the page and the letting is always set first. Cause you had to do that in boards cause you had to know how many boards you're going to buy to how many pages you're going to have in, in product. Right? So you had to measure letting first. And since you know body copies nine to 12 point in that range and you're adding three points of lead every time, you know what your numbers are, you know what your options are. You're going to have this. That's how we got a 42 line Bible, right? First mass printed piece, Gutenberg Bible, right?
1: It all has to be 42 lines,
2: right? Yeah. Had to calculate that proportionally from the margins and the size of the piece. So the letting always comes first and it's always, it, it makes the pace of the page and everything on the the grid of the page adheres to that pace. And it's just like music again. It's either half, quarter, double, triple. It's just like a song. Same thing. So you really are literally creating music on the page true numbers Bless. I like that <laughs>
0: so I also think you know line link that's like painful I think all my science textbooks this is probably why I hate science yeah, I know. they were all set super long and you had to have like another sheet to go over so that you could just keep <laughs> in line right you keep a
2: ruler there and right
0: yeah so I had to block the whole page out because I could yeah. a ruler I would still go crazy and all across the board but I think that that I, I do I think that it was a struggle for me as a, a reader and uh, trying to understand I think if had they set it in multiple columns or something like yeah. that I think it would have been would have been easier.
2: I see the mistake a lot especially on the web because you know You can't do columns so easy on the web So you'll see you know, you know 16 pixel type go all the way across the 1200 pixel measure or whatever <laughs> And, uh, it's painful. It is. It's really painful. So I, I, after two lines or three lines, I tell people they're not going to read anymore because you've already fatigued them and now you're challenging too much and you don't want to challenge a reader. So you have to make the type size proportional to the measure width two to one. That's all we were taught. It's really the Fibonacci or the uh, golden ratio number, which is 1.614 something. Don't
1: give away all the secrets,
2: oh. <laughs> so But if you're just thinking two to one, you're doing a whole if you have right a 20 now. pike of measure, your type says it's going to be 10 point. That's the deal. That's how it always was. And if you're in that range, you're you're going to end up at 60 characters per line. And that's what you aim for, 60 characters per line. And that's, that's like the sweet spot. You
0: know. Absolutely. So I'm... Pardon? Ryan, Ryan yeah, it in. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're missing a few digits. there. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he Cheated, he says. <laughs> um, so I think Doc, uh, he said, holy cow, I feel like a heathen learning all this math and typesetting. Repent, repent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can of- turn around, Doc. A lot that's- of my students actually don't like the math when I start I know, talking about that. Yeah. But
2: see, that's the beauty of design, though. That's the uh, beauty of design is the balance between art and engineering.
0: But it's also the beauty of using the computer. Like you have, yeah. like I use that x and y all the time. The I, started in, I started in, <laughs> I started in, I started in magazines, and so you know, it was just yeah. you have all these pages. It just like annual reports. This is a big document. I mean, there's yeah. a fun part of annual reports, and then you have the meat part or yeah. the, one, the bread part. I guess you know, nobody's like, just. oh my god, <laughs> eat that bun, yeah, yeah. right? But it, it, but there's so much that goes into it, but it's fun. Like somebody, I did an annual report for our college, which is not just like 287 pages. It wasn't that Wow. Yeah. But it's like, but I, I said it, so it was on, it was only going to be read on screen. So it's 19 departments. So it's a pretty big college. I mean, it's the college, not the university, you know, just the arts and sciences college anyway. But, um, but I, I'm like, the editor was like, well, we've got to make some changes. I was like, that's okay. I mean, I worked in magazines a lot. It, like, it just makes it, I like it. Like, this is fun to me. And it does feel like a puzzle.
2: It does feel like a puzzle, yeah.
0: But because, I math made sense to me. And maybe that's why I like design. But you can, there is a, there is some right, now there's definitely some subjectivity but I like that there could be these math, I can make cubes and I can put them in magenta and I can put them over to the side and then I can pull things over if I do do do. that. Do you do cyan, magenta? (laughs) Absolutely. Try to use a color I'm not using.
2: I'm starting this new thing called reset now that's having a little trouble getting off the ground, but I'll take all the bad stuff that you and I've collected, you know, that we have a shelf for and reset it the correct way. And that's the lesson. You get to see the before and after immediately. You Know what little touches are, um, you know, mean to design, you know, when you actually do them. And uh, we're going to start producing those pretty quick here. Um, Brian had a question. Yes, we do do that, Brian. Do there you, is a gonna, reason to use points you, and pikes. <laughs> yes.
0: So, up? why? Talk about why. Um, and really, the type dojo last night was really a lot about um, production and those. And uh, there's a really neat
1: little film coming out, right, Rachel? Called graphic means. Yeah, graphic means. it's about it's you'll, about you'll like the production. One. It's basically before the com- graphic design before the computer.
2: When it was a little more fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, and and there was a website like I clicked it and I have it saved. I didn't watch it while we were on the dojo, but I but it was like graphic hyphen means or. Do you remember, Rachel? I think good
1: it's graphicmeans.com. Maybe
0: it? it's just graphic. Anyway, you guys should should check it out. But yes, RubyLith, AmberLith, those are all things we used prior. And I actually think that sometimes it's good to have some hand skills, right? So, um, mm. so do you want to talk about why maybe pikas and, and points?
1: Thanks, Brian.
2: The reason why pikas and points are still really uh, relevant, guys, is because all the old rules that we learned a long time ago, way back even before us in the 60s, Uh, Before that even monotype the old rules of that one uh, You know that I told you about the type size is directly connected to the measure in two to one ratio. That's from monotype That's from when we set one block at a time Remember and so there's a lot of those rules that really work like that But they only work in points and Mm packets and I tried to I spent a half a day 16 pages of equations trying to make the math work for pixels doesn't work. Doesn't
1: work. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, doesn't work.
2: It, right. it still works for inches because don't forget, points, picas, and inches are all connected mathematically through the number, th- through three, right? So it doesn't matter if you're in inches or not. The one way you want to think of it, how I was taught was, is that the last, me- the last inch measurement that you use is the format, the size of the page. Everything inside that um, boundary is points and picas because now you're on a level of the type. And the, What do we measure type in you always want to stay in the environment of the type that you're in which is points We don't say the only time you you're talking about type in terms of inches is when it goes above 200 points When you talk to sign guys, they won't talk in points with pikas. They have to talk in inches Been hmm. signage before so that's the only time you're going to talk about type in inches um, Or if you're on screen because now you got to talk in the environment that the screen is in which is pixels You're only worried about points and pixels, right? Picas all picas are are a middleman between inches and points, right? It's a derivative, okay? And picas are used on the page for larger measurements, such as the measure width, which is your column width, okay? And it's because it's still connected to all those old rules that still work.
1: Can you tell them how it's connected? Numbers.
2: The numbers, yeah. How many points are in? So. That's a question for
0: them, maybe.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Being an instructor.
0: Here, I can I can give you one inch. In for
1: people.
0: Yep. So Kent Kent can teach type. So. And oh great. At, he's a, also an educator. So seventy-two points in one inch. Yeah. In one inch.
2: So. How many? How many? Uh, how many inches is three pikes?
0: That's what I do. I make them do that at
1: math. Eighteen. How many
2: inches is three
1: pikas? How many inches is three pikas? Yeah. Pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. I'm not giving math. I mean, I'd have to pull my... I mean, this. Half an
0: Google. inch.
2: Somebody did point 0.5, and I don't know if it's inches or not. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's, it's easy. An inch is six pikas. Right. Everything is uh, three divisible, right? And the, the way this works with the page is with letting... In order to have harmony on the page, you want your letting to have the same common denominator. Hmm. So if you have different type sizes, you want them to be, have the letting be, have common denominators like 12, 15, and 18. You don't want to have 12, 13, and 17. There's no harmony there mathematically. Hmm. Did you learn this? Did you happen to learn it this way?
0: No, I didn't learn that. So that's new to me.
2: Yeah, because there's only two kinds of cross alignment in, in type. And you, should, you would know this in magazines. Cross-alignment, you have cross-aligned or alternated alignment. The only way you could have alternated alignment is through common denominator. LEDs, 12, 18, 24, 36, so on. Or you could cut it in half. Right?
0: So what about setting? So one of the things I see, and this could be early on. I don't think anybody here is doing this probably. But students set type so large. And I don't know if they're just not printing it out. Or if they've chosen a typeface that just really has a higher, you know, but I'm talking about poor body text. They said it like 14. geriatric, is what I call it. Like <laughs> yeah. you're in the large print of the library where grandma goes, like, sure. oh, it, who is this for? And you they were like, oh, people in their 20s. I'm like, really? Like without their glasses? Like, I can read it from across the room. Right.
2: It was eight point for me. It was yeah. Like, everything was eight point. You know. Way
1: back when. Yeah.
2: yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's
0: how I was too. I put it smaller, but people put things a lot bigger now Maybe it's just here in Alabama.
2: I see both though. Actually, it's it's just it's really just the the uh, inexperience in the in the eye It's the the eye doesn't have no experience and really don't forget. They're gonna set what they see the most Screen everything is big on the screen. They're only gonna see four lines big type. That's what they're mimicking is what what they see most, Mm -hmm. what you see most, right? So that's what they're doing. And it wasn't like that for us, for you and I. Mm -mm. Now, that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see 30 words, really big, and fill up the page. That's normal, that's normal. I, I understand it.
1: My students just aren't used to printing stuff out. So they yeah, this, they're they're lazy. They literally just like design on the screen, and yep. not until they have we have a final crit, they put this out and they're like, oh my gosh, it not Well, then you know, that's a huge
2: mistake, guys.
1: Oh, you have
2: to I, do the extra step.
1: I had a student did a wine label.
0: It was this big. <laughs> I was like, hey, is that for a really big bottle? <laughs> okay. You know, I'm like, you. It's for
2: magnum, right? <laughs>
0: I was like, we're not doing box wine, you know, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was that they, I think you do start with your size of your page first. You know, you kind of figure out how big things are. You measure first. And then, uh, I mean, I'm not going to design this big old thing and then go to a printer and Mm -hmm. see how much after I've designed it and then see how much it's going to cost. I'm going to see how much it's going to cost. See how much something that's 400 pages is going to cost as opposed to 200 pages. Mm -hmm. And doc earlier said, Hey, can you repeat the thing about the common denominator? Ah. So instead of like having a 12, a 13, and a 17, you want a, you want that denominator oh, yeah. of letting to be it's divisible,
1: right? Yes.
2: Yeah, so the only way you could, pro- without um, showing this to you, it's really easier to show you, but when you use a baseline grid on your page, and I know you all do, um, mm-hmm. that's set at your, your, your body copy size, which is, you know, so let's say 12 to 15 or so. So, if you have a letting at twelve and your baseline set at twelve, all the other copy is going to um, relate to that in a proportional manner. So if your body copy is nine over twelve, let's say, and then your 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 intro text, which is three or four lines of really larger text, you know say uh, fourteen to eighteen point, it's going to have a common denominator lead that's connected to that twelve. So if you have eighteen point um, italic intro copy. It's going to have something like 24-point lead. Now, the 12 and the 24 are connected through proportion, right? That means that every fourth line or so of that large type, it's going to sit on the 12-point line. That's called alternated alignment. Magazine world knows as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And you want to have that kind of mathematical rhythm on the page. Now, you can adjust the type size to whatever you want. The type size doesn't matter anymore. So say that 18 point doesn't look right. I'll make it 17 and three quarters or 17.25, depending on the typeface. The size doesn't matter. It's the letting that creates the rhythm on the page. It sets the pace mathematically on the page. The type size adjust is a variable depending on the typeface. The design, X height is large. You're going to, you know, you set a little smaller, that kind of thing. So
1: Does that make sense, Doc? I hope that is clarified. You
2: know, sometimes yeah. I don't. It well. so it's hard to explain without seeing
0: it. We've totally gotten a lesson, for yes. sure. And we have like 15 <laughs> minutes left. So I want to kind of dig in a little bit about type ed. Okay. And this is what you're kind of doing. You're teaching people this stuff, but it's clear you're passionate about it. But it's also one of the things that make you so good at it is that you are. You're working with this. You're doing this. You're not just talking and teaching. You are educating, but you're also doing these annual reports you're working with this you're finding new typefaces that go together you're working um at solving these problems on a daily basis as a designer
2: and well, i think design a moving target right he's <laughs> changing every five minutes <laughs> well it's just like anything else like the lawyers i tell my students the lawyers have to take a new exam every three years or whatever because the laws has changed
1: right as a designer you
2: have to keep studying yeah there you go
1: yep matthew butterick love him
2: you have to keep typefaces keep changing. the the medium changes. You know, you have to keep adjusting. So you're never not learning. I, I've got a lot of uh, seasoned people that will come and say, "Oh, I already know all there is know about type." I'm like, really, I can't even say that. <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: it's like, like saying you're a ten in Photoshop. Yeah, I got, I'm, yeah. I'm, I got it all.
2: She's really saying I don't have the patience in,
1: until but. the next update, which is in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: But uh, that's the beauty of it too. So you keep learning something new. You know.
0: So, so, this is probably a good kind of, and maybe we see this a lot with other designers. So Doc is a art director, I think, right? Doc, And he is um, he drifted out, did more in the illustration world, and got soft on the design rules. <laughs> um so, but really, it's it's about kind of getting back in the gym and and working out those uh, things. and then it it gives you more power in the design. When you know some of those, you can choose to break rules. I mean, sure. especially in the '90s, it was all about breaking rules. It was, yeah. And I think that there's something good, like some, like my students are like, "Oh my gosh, this looks terrible," and I'm like, "I thought this was really cool," you know, yeah. when I was in school. But I see, and I see now how my professors are like, ah. But I feel like you know we go. It it's going to rotate back around um, styles and and yeah,
2: and that's how you still learn. I think as is young people now is when those old styles come back around, you know, and they're going to get to a point where they're going to re-enter de- 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 deconstructivism, right? David Carson and all those guys, they're going to get to that point in maybe 10 years and you see it again. But it, it is great because it teaches them what needs to be read and what doesn't. You know, because right now everything is everything about reading, you know, and right. reading quick because the screen goes so fast. But they'll, they'll get back to that and go, okay, I got to make a decision whether this is going to be art, whether it's going to be content. It's readable, you know, and that's what deconstructivism brought to the, brought to our minds, you know, to make that decision.
1: Can I mention something when when I first met Michael, uh, the amazing work that he was doing with end reports? It wasn't just regular uh, like financial documents. He was doing very themed reports. So he would do uh, a wet seal end report that looked like an Altoid box, or you know, he was doing um, a Quicksilver end report that looked like a newspaper. One? Yeah. Anyhow, so when he was doing that, um, I found that so interesting because there was an authenticity to the look of some of these reports. And the only way to achieve that is through good typography. So you could literally, if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over, you really don't need to brush up your skills. But if you're constantly trying to make something look like something else, you really need to study that type and adapt those styles and figure out what makes it look like that.
2: This is one of my favorites. I don't know if you guys can see that. So
1: wait, my there you go. So it's a Wet Seal. So it's a, it's a
2: blind emboss. Yeah.
1: It's a two thousand
2: Wet Seal on your report, and Wet Seal is a a women's brand, and we try to mimic a, a bicycle playing card deck, but right, it, as right a, in for an annual so report.
1: See, yeah. yeah sorry <laughs> about that.
2: And so there's two books in here, right? Cool. And. Well, this is the financials, and the, uh, the corners are cut, like uh-huh. cards, right, front and back. And so the red one is the the operations section, and it's talking about, you know, they are four ace brands, basically. And all of it's about being in or out, you know, fashion-wise, or either in or out kind of a thing. But the type mm-hmm. is arranged in a way where it's just like, Cards would be stacked, stacked like cards. So every design decision in here is based on concept. Yeah. And you can see the details in the corners. Oh yeah. That's hard to see. There's a silver. That's beautiful. But anyway, yeah. So we designed it that way where the whole piece is, you know, around a theme. So everything was really thematic. I mean, back then I was actually writing the front sections of these, which is a, absurd story. now um, so I can write little stories and headlines you know I like can add person but I can't write the content but I would get them excited the CFO and the writers that were writing the content all excited and it still happens now with some yeah. of our clients they'll just what's the theme what's you know what are we talking about
1: and then of course the financials so not only was he doing the themey stuff but he was also doing the the heavy you know 40 to 80 page yeah, we had to do it all back then yeah, had to do
2: you know I didn't work then. in a big agency where you know you have a production person setting all the financials a lot
1: right
2: how where it was only like four of us and we had eight books apiece and we had to do it all you know
0: but you also have to think about those financials when you're starting that's right. um, from the very beginning you may come up with a theme and then you start with the body type that's in that yeah. financial and then it's going to car- carry over yeah.
2: here's where the math works on this one look each each book was how many pages 52 is that
0: 52
1: Oh, like a dark deck of cards. So of course, Michael has to calculate the type so it fits correctly. So that
2: worked?
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: 52 52 pages in each book. Right.
1: So that's the type of work that Michael was doing when we first met. And I'm like, okay, so typographically, a lot of it has to be planned out. A Mm. lot of it has to be matched to the concept. And so we want to teach those skills. We kept trying to teach the people who came to our office, you know, interns and employees. And, And that's great but we would love to help everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you look around and the type's so terrible. It doesn't make any sense to so the concept. It's like things can be always improved. So that's why we started teaching. This so,
0: and then that's when you did the summer class in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then there was a interest. And so then you took it forward and started type ed.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. We just did a lecture at on math of typography. Where was type it?
1: TypeCon. The TypeCon. C- Seattle, yeah.
2: yeah. It was all about, it, it, with any reports, I learned that, if you know the word count, you can determine the price of the printing.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you
2: could pretty much get there and we took them through that process mathematically and then gave them the big equation at the end, you know, here's how it works. But, uh, that's what we talked about is if you know, the rules of type, how much content you have, you can determine a lot of things before you even get started on, you know, design that you can figure out what you're doing first. You know.
0: Super cool. Yeah. Um, so we've had a couple questions on the side and so I want to, um, doc had one said, how do you understand the difference between the art or how do you understand the difference between the art and the content and then communicate that to the client?
2: That's a really good question, isn't it? I mean, cause that's really what we do on a monthly basis with clients, right? Cause whenever you're dealing with a client, it's pretty much an education process, is it not doc? So, um, you really have to, you know, to determine here's what I see because all they look at is white papers all day right so they're not seeing visually what you're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. so you have to you have to scour through the content and go okay here's how basically an annual is gonna break apart that content and I see a story happening here and you've got this saying this repeatedly that could be a theme right like for instance this year we worked on an airport the, the client kept talking in dualities and what, what's the most famous duality you know a fable, Aesop's fables, the tortoise and the hare, you know, the fox and the serpent, you know, whatever. That's where we ended up. So if you can lead them to what they're already talking about, they get excited. As you know, the client comes up with a concept, they get totally excited. Right. All you have to do is lead them there. That's what a good creative director would do
0: mm-hmm. is lead them there.
2: So you have to dissect the content in a way that, where it, here's what you're really saying here. Uh, metaphorically, right? Here's what you're saying metaphorically. Do you guys agree with that? you always want to give them options, though. You don't want to go, here, we're going to go this way. Of course, they're going to get pigeonholed and feel, you know, uh, restricted. So you have to go, here's what you're talking about. You're talking about this, 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 and this through the content. Is this what we want to talk about this year? That's really important
1: because, you know, as designers, we're communicating to the to the audience. And mm-hmm. we're trying to boil things down, simplify the information. And so metaphors are a great way to do but it. But the subject's
2: so- got to be right. Right. It, could be right. nothing, it could be nothing thematic at all. That happens sometimes, too. I've, had, I've done any reports that's just based on numbers. You just pick a beautiful typeface with, you know, like Dito, something mm-hmm. that has gorgeous numbers, and uh, that's what you do. It could be that simple, too. It's not all of our work is thematic like this one. Right. So it just depends on what comes out of the content. So you really, know. as a creative you have to see what's there. To be able to direct, you know, without pushing or shoving, you know the client is saying here's what you're really saying here you know that's what we did with i mean it was easy for wet seal they had four brands <laughs> you've got four aces in the hole to make you
1: successful
2: you know it's pretty much it once I got that it's like ah, okay that's what we're doing
1: and then the design follows the concept yeah so right. you make design decisions you there is no
2: design decisions right. on graphs <laughs> just stagger guards yeah
1: so it's just very easy once you that's have the way we the
2: teach concept. design yeah. it's i mean the answers are there mm-hmm. Right. Just have to see them and follow them
0: hopefully that answer. it's making connections that's what we do really we make connections yeah. between um right. business and consumer we make connections between stuff that's hard to understand and then stuff that's not and then if you do have a really well thought out concept then you will be able to stack cards do yeah. aces like all those things fit into place but you also have to be creative and you you can't so just different. look at design stuff like you have to be in the world and picking up other things, mm-hmm. people are like, well, why am I gonna use history? I'm like, oh my goodness, history is gonna be super helpful. And- it tells totally us
2: help. everything, <laughs> yes. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the thing, uh, Doc, for your question is, is that uh, you have to really, as a, as a leader, or a creative director, or director, however you wanna say it, um, you have to be perceptive right at the, at the get-go. You have to understand their business enough know and to be able to differentiate them and then show them visually i mean that's really what we do we're visual translators right all of us we take all their little numbers and concepts and ideas of business and translate to visuals right in some kind of way that's going to be intriguing or compelling to the reader for whatever it is magazine and report whatever it is and that's really what we do we translate we're visual translators
1: absolutely anyway Okay, keep going. You're, I know there's more questions. <laughs> I know. I'm a tangent guy, sorry. No,
0: this is terrific. Okay, so um, going back to type ed, so um, you started in 2012, like what month?
1: Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's kind of fuzzy. It'd be the first I mean, of like, the year, would not it? Literally, I think it was um Because we did the run we, in the fall. We started in August. We self-launched on August, and maybe in January we kind of officially started. Of 2012? Mm-hmm. And then that's when we started to bring on other designers and creative directors and art directors to help us co-teach certain workshops. So not only do we have our fundamentals, type one, type two, type three, but we also have workshops that letterers help teach and um, Mm. other art directors and whatnot. We have a Um, great digital
2: lettering person, uh, Anna, that we have.
1: Yeah, so some of our classes, first of all, Michael teaches one called Whiskey Type. So it's basically how to set uh, type on a label with multiple typefaces. We just did this one recently with. If uh, you really Joe look Duff.
2: at a whiskey label, it's got a ton of type in a tiny space. Right. Now that alone, as a as a um, as a challenge for me in past years, has always been a huge challenge. How do you make it look whiskey in a small mm-hmm. space with all that content?
1: Right. So Not
2: a lot of people can do that and make it look classic or contemporary. Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
1: So we just did this run recently uh, at Joe Duffy's, at the Duffy Design Office in Minneapolis with Joe Duffy. So that was a lot of fun because they do a lot of spirits branding. Mm-hmm. We also have other ones like Mark My Word, which is about word marks and typography of word marks. Uh, we also do one with... Uh, word marks Tar-
2: especially because that's always challenging. I mean, anybody could create a symbol, you know, like a, com- com- a combo logo with symbol and type like target, right? But it's really difficult to do a word mark. Because word marks are really subtle. You have to use the right typeface for the right occasion. You know, there's a bit more understanding of type with a word mark. Yeah.
1: So we also do one called Typecasting with Anna Gomez, and it's about title design. She does a lot of that. So we, we, we actually explore a lot of areas of, of type, not just typesetting per se, but it's, label design, um, lettering, motion design.
2: We try to do the challenges you don't normally get out there, You know, like a, a boarding pass right? that's mm-hmm. you know, becoming quite popular, but we've been doing that for like six years now. And the reason is, is because you learn two things. You get to learn how to use hierarchy in a small amount of space, mm-hmm. like one slip. You also get to learn tables in InDesign.
1: We haven't pulled that into type ed yet, but we're yeah. doing those with our classes. So yeah. our classes are our guinea pigs. So yeah, <laughs> the guinea pigs and then we'll bring it into the professional. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because a lot of people don't get those challenges and those are, those are those are needed, you know, skills that you need to use every once in a while. You won't use them all the time on job, but so you might need them.
0: So, but you guys have, so just to talk about you doing workshops, you do consulting like you would, if you were going to a specific AIGA stuff, but then you would also go to an agency and do workshops or do uh, stuff there. You also have a blog, you have Type Dojo. Um,
2: and no friends. <laughs>
0: Me neither. Baskerville. This <laughs> is Eves. Those are my friends. Um, <laughs>
1: those,
0: are, those are like cat friends. Right? <laughs> um but but I think but I, we're friends with each other then, no, no, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing so much. So
1: we do teach online as well. We do have the classes on Creative Live. We also have some of our own online classes through our website as well, through Teachable. Um, So uh, you were asking earlier, I know we're going to go over time here in a little bit, but it is much more difficult to teach online. We also have a a mentorship group called Varsity Team. So people who are already practicing designers who need some help throughout the month, you know, we do weekly calls with them and help them on their own work, whether it's agency work or their freelance work or and the community helps each other as well. So, um, you know it's not as hands-on obviously, but you know, it's something that people who already have that type fundamental knowledge, they just need, you know, the con- continuing ed basically. So where
0: would somebody find, so Joe's asking, Hey, where can I find that? So it's called exactly what and where on the website would they click? It's
1: called varsity team. And actually we don't have it on the website because we don't open it up until at certain times. Yeah. We only open it up four times a year. Uh, so we'll be opening up uh, probably the m- middle December. So if you sign up for the email list, then definitely we'll let you know. And Diane will also let you know. And we're really good with social media. So actually, better social media than than on the blog and the yeah. website. So
2: <laughs> I have a thing. For instance, um, I have this massive annual report collection. I've got about three thousand annual reports from the last 15, wow. fifteen years, and I post one every day, a new one every day on Instagram. And it's just a feed every day.
1: MW Stinson 70. 70.
2: Yeah, 70. Yeah, so we'll send Um, you all those links. Brian was also asking where we we teach. I teach at Laguna College of Art and Design, LCAT. It's a a little tiny school in Southern California, similar to Art Center.
1: And I teach at Cal State Los Angeles, very close to here. So I teach two typography classes and two interactive.
0: So if you go, if you, um, Sven, if you go to type ed, um, uh, type hyphen ed.com, you can actually find their um, courses. I was just going to go real quick so yeah, I could you can walk also you
1: through. just do a, a Google search for Michael Stinson Creative Live and the three classes will show up. He does, we do three classes there. Uh, one is the word marks. Word marks. Yeah. And, then and the we
2: other have one the is the one... pairing type parent
1: type, and whiskey. No, no, no. Whiskey's not on there. What was the third one?
2: So we did whiskey.
1: We did it. No, we, we did not. We did it with AIJ San Francisco.
2: Oh, okay. okay. So I don't know the third one.
1: <laughs> so, on. the, the
0: hand, so they. if you go to catalog, if you go all the way to the bottom and it shows catalog, you will see their Right, the online. Mm In-person and the online. So the type one, the basics is characters and words. Type two is the necessity sentences and paragraphs. (laughs) Then type three is the details, pages, and settings. Those are type academy classes. And then you have hands-on workshops. And then you have clinics. And then you have the online offerings. And the online offerings is what they were just talking about. It was design a restaurant menu. Um, yeah. Pairing typefaces, that's the one I did that was awesome, which tips for combining fonts. And then the logo design wordmark ones. And then they have uh, Skillshare uh, bootcamp, core typesetting training in design. In InDesign. I didn't mean to say that like that. Um, and then type ed, type one online, type ed, type two online. And so those are the six classes that you can take online. There are three from Creative Live, And I don't know where the type ed ones are. Are those just through your site,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so but those are they're all under catalog. So I wanted to ask you. So what's the difference between a workshop and a clinic?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question too. <laughs> so the workshops are usually eight hours. And we focus on one area, one skill.
2: It could be a weekend too. It Sometimes could be we a weekend, do it back yeah. to back.
1: Yeah. And the clinics are literally one single skill. So for example, the boot camp is a clinic and literally you spend two hours just typesetting one page. And the goal is to finish typesetting a full page with hierarchy in 10 minutes.
2: And perfectly set, Ooh, corner perfectly to corner. Set. It's yeah. it's a drill that I used to give myself um, right after college when we're, we're learning computer you know typesetting. And I would take magazines home, scan them, reset them, do it over and over again until I got really fast at it. Because I was told already, you know, in the early 90s, hey, you're too slow. Type yeah, his, it's
1: like, what? yeah, his boss was saying he's <laughs> Just too slow. Just be thankful we're not on boards.
2: You know? <laughs> so I would, you know, I, I like those kind of challenges to get better. So I would give myself my own homework. And that's pretty much what boot camp is. I do it at school. And it really pounds in all the fundamentals over and over again. You no, know, and it gets everybody excited because they start competing. Uh,
1: kind of it's not like suicide drills. Have yeah. you done
2: suicide you drills? You know what suicide drills are? Mm-mm.
0: Football? Oh, I know what they are. When you throw up, when you've run so much. I thought yeah. you were going to talk about like a typography suicide. Uh, teams,
2: teams, yeah, hockey too. You start the goal line and you, you sprint to 10-yard line, sprint back, sprint to 20, mm-hmm. sprint, back, sprint to 30, and so on. So it's the same premise.
1: Yeah. So Michael will do a couple of steps. Setting. Everyone follows. And then we start from so Everybody the have their own bag. Yeah. Command yeah. and. And then sweats. you start a new brand new, uh, a brand new document. And then you re-type set that. And plus the next, the next skill. Yeah. And then you start from the beginning. So it's definitely.
2: That's you know, cool. It's a true type setting bootcamp. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you get a lot in one shot in two hours.
1: And that's on Skillshare. If you guys are already premium Skillshare members, then you can get that for free. Yeah, it's fun.
0: It's fun. Yeah. Go and, but, it, it's you know, sometimes there's frustration when you're learning something, or especially you if you that. thought you knew something, and then yeah. you, you're not. So I think some of those, like, just skill things are, are really just teaching your eye to see That's things right. better. Um, when you first learned to draw, you still saw the nose protruding out instead of seeing it as something flat where these are just shapes, right? Right.
2: get right. um, a bit of that with people. You know, they get – preconditioned right and uh we just try to show them try to be open-minded maybe see it a different way because i'm always looking for other ways to improve my efficiency there's in software you know we still go to seminars and everything there's always you always have to do that as a professional keep improving right Right. so i try to get their mindset into accepting that more instead of being the stubborn i don't do it that way because right. we do get that, and that's natural, you know. But um, you have to really teach them to be a little bit more open-minded because it could be better or not, maybe not.
0: Right, absolutely. I was to... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm Just sharing that catalog, it's just type com slash catalog, and then you are able to see all of their things. And I'm sure if you wanted to have them out and you wanted them to come to your company and do a workshop, they would do something. I mean, it's going to cost you some money, but, you know, that it's totally worth it. And I think as a team, team building things, I think it would be incredibly great for Yeah, that's what we
2: get to do often, you know, with we've, these yeah, some businesses we'll go in and teach our department and they get revamped and you know, hey, get on track and start using grids again and you know Yeah, we <laughs> kind we, of we go in
1: and we do um consulting for Disney, Mattel, we've done Blizzard, yeah. um, AC Pro. These are all local different- people. Yeah.
2: You know. mm-hmm.
1: well, that's get- awesome.
2: And flown up to San Francisco. A yeah, for Simpson.
1: Simpson Strong Tie. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do massive catalogs for small screws, for Home From Depot. So parts, they wanted to make their catalogs more readable. So we helped. them. Which is a
2: huge challenge. I mean, I thought it was great because I, it's like I thought I was dealing with a lot of content, but those guys got a shitload of content. So how do you organize that and make it easier for you know salespeople to, you know, you know explain them? I, I thought it was a great challenge. You
0: know.
1: Yeah. Um, we also do it for marketing teams. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do some basic stuff for them. So they understand how to work with designers.
0: Right. Well, and, um, Brian said, so workshops for design teams or just marketing teams? But Actually, you would do it for either. For,
2: yeah. Actually, the goal is to do it with both. In because the same room. <laughs> the stigma between marketing and design departments is like mm. they don't want to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it is out here. Um, I would love to have type be some kind of um you know love maker to a marketing design department where they can talk to each other again and, and do you know because i don't know if it's like that in the rest of the country but it, definitely like that here marketing departments are separate than design departments in the in the company and they should be really next really door right and i think that's a shame you know because the work turns out bad you know and that kind of thing but yeah so marketing and design <laughs> whatever helps <laughs>
0: So how, um, I just want to cover, I know we're so we're over, um, but, oh, no, we usually go over. So okay. they're used to it, I think probably, and they're learning a lot. So hopefully they're just totally enjoying this. So but we won't go to our, cause I don't want to uh, bug you guys. Cause then maybe you could come back on again, but, um, so how do you get the word out? So you do a lot of social media, Rachel, is that like your main form? So what, so on Instagram, your type. T-Y-P-E-E-D-L-A. LA,
1: yeah, type ed L-A and Instagram, but for the rest of our uh, handles is basically type ed. So from Facebook is type ed and then also on uh, Twitter, mostly Twitter is our, or my channel of choice, but I'm not, I'm so not have, a young person. <laughs>
0: have you, have you found that Twitter has been better for that audience? I mean, I just always, this is a geeky question for me.
1: I I like Twitter because there's great conversations on Twitter. Uh, A lot of times for Facebook, it's just like, oh, things, you know, it's just a distraction. On Instagram, it's great because it's visual. I can, we can show like all the events that we do. But on Twitter, we actually have discussions like this. So it's great. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And then explain to them what the dojo is.
1: Yeah, so I do an interview series sort of like you do with Design Recharge called uh, Topography Dojo. And basically, so Michael is really out of both of us. He's more of the master, I'm more of the learner. I'm always interested in learning more from other people as well. So I started the Topography Dojo in order to uh, learn from others, to find out skills from others or their backgrounds or how they got into type. And I've been interviewing type designers, lettering people, Levitt last night, you know, she's doing the graphic means about type production. So um, I also talked to Paul Mendoza. He used to be a script editor and they talked about the typography of scripts and how the, why are they still using courier, courier. right? And not only that, but the way that a script is formatted, uh, will show you whether it's a 30 minute, 30 minute or 60 minute show or a full. Right, and then huh. also if it's a comedy or if it's serious, just the way it's formatted by the size of the margins, it will tell you. So that's I neat. found that so didn't interesting. That. <laughs> so that's why I've been interviewing people because I love to find out these different points cool. of view about type and how people use type in different ways. That's what Topography Dojo is. That's cool. Again, also not on the website, so I've not I've not been very good at putting everything together. <laughs> yeah, did
2: you ask them why the scripts are always centered?
1: They're always se- no, not not all the type is centered. They're not always no. centered. The, it's crossheads,
2: so yeah.
1: Oh, so, so the okay. the headings are something. Oh, okay. Cross
0: Sorry, it. Diane. <laughs> so, no, somebody asked if y'all were type Ed on Skillshare. Is that right?
1: Actually, I don't know. I think it's Thank under the instructor's ed, name, don't. so it has to be under Michael Stinson. Are we on Skillshare? We are. We have the bootcamp oh. on Skillshare. shows you saying.
2: how much I know. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just talked about a Skillshare <laughs> thing, and I'm like, uh oh. I hope I didn't.
2: <laughs> No. Yeah, no, it's I done. thought you were talking
0: about uh, Creative Live, yeah. yeah. no, yeah, three on Creative Live. I mean, you guys got a lot. So, for those of us that aren't in LA, but I think for anybody thinking this might, if they're doing a workshop, that might be something that would be really good to fly out to. That would be a really good investment of time and money. is Is to do one of those because they're really they are intensive and it and it will help. So, like Doc's working with medical stuff where it sets down the type and. So it's it's about learning how to communicate with whoever the audience is better, Mm -hmm. and I think that's great. So um, Brian says, Rachel is just videoing conversations with Michael and posting them all over the internet.
1: (laughs) 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 Are. No. <laughs> not only do we do educational stuff, but we also do fun things as well. We just did the wine and type pairing. Oh, yeah, AIGA conference in Las That's Vegas fun. and That's we have about fun. 65 people at the Bouchon. And what it is is not only drinking wine, but also learning how to pair type together. And we describe it in a way like pairing wine. And then they right. go through a whole challenge. So everyone gets into teams and they pair, pair typefaces together and we give out prizes. And it is, it is a fun, it's a more social icebreaking event it's that a, we do with the the chapters rather than, you know, like hardcore it's,
2: it's the methodology in which I learned to pair typefaces, mm-hmm. serif and sans serif. And there's three steps to it. And that's basically what we take them through. And like half the crowd, it's like completely new. They never, you know, knew that way of selecting typefaces and pairing them together.
0: That's cool. And it's just the power of type, you know, for people who aren't, are, New, we know, we all know that type is really powerful, and the typefaces that you choose are really powerful. Um, and it, it's just fun to set type and see how much the personality does come out,
2: right? It doesn't uh, take a lot. No. But I say two typefaces is it. You don't, you don't need a lot.
0: You definitely don't. You should talk to Bethany Heck, though, because she, she's going to make you rethink some of your – I mean, it really – blew. Okay. Yeah. and It'll be a good like. I really think you're gonna be like, oh my god, she's brilliant! Like,
2: That'd be great. I love doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah. She she did a great. Um, uh, Doc was gonna mention Bethany. I think. Uh, I don't know, Doc. You weren't at Creative South last year, but Beth, Bethany did a talk at Creative South, and it was just incredible. And so, I'm gonna send you an email so that uh, you guys can have her on or talk to her and just geek out about. One, I guess.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I heard of Bethany Hess already because my students had presented them. Uh. Presented her in, in one of their presentations. So yeah. she
0: worked at uh, IBM and um, awesome. And somewhere else that's in Seattle and she's in Seattle now and so Microsoft. Oh, yeah Microsoft. <laughs> whatever, You know that other company um, <laughs> But she they really were like we only use these typefaces and she's like this doesn't make sense This is not this is very hard to read we need different headers we need because this typeface in other places is clickable and it's not clickable Perfect. here and it Perfect. should be it, and it just made sense. But then she's also done this thing that EFIS League. She loves baseball and she did it her whole talk thing. To her
2: then.
0: So so she did I mean it's beautiful. If you look it up, E E P H U S L E A G U E. Um and I'm telling you, like you will have met like your like sparring <laughs> partner. Like she like it's I, it just makes me so excited to think about you and her together. Talking would just be terrific. Um,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> that should Tell be the <laughs> next interview. Do that, Diane.
0: <laughs> now we're going to be talking about two typefaces versus <laughs> many. No, money. Um, so Brian gave us the link. Thank you. Um, and then heck house is her um, regular website, but it was really, it's, it's so practical and the why, and it, it, I just think you guys would, you totally are on the same page, you know, um, but it's just, it's just really a nice, um, it, it, it challenged some of my, um, what I teach. And it also challenged what I had been taught. And I think, and that's why I thought. I was like, oh my gosh, your dad was one of my teachers. And is he okay with you talking about this? Like more than my <laughs> faces. And um, she's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't know what I'm going to say probably. But, I think that you know we were really taught that, and I think that it makes sense, but it also makes sense from what she's saying and how, because she, she's doing it mathematically, she's doing it size-wise and how it goes, and she's really looking at um, the different classifications, which you talk about in the one I did, which you guys should really do that pairing one. So you guys should sign up today. A bunch of people have already said they signed up for y'all's email list, so it'll pop up. There's a pop-up screen get seven, get seven daily typography tips to help you improve. It just pops up cause I haven't done it on this computer and I'm not going to sign up on multiple because it's the same email address. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I just think you guys, um, would do you, my, everybody that's in the chat would definitely get something out of and doc shared the link for the Skillshare. So a bunch of people have, um, shared a bunch uh, there's a medium article that, um, Bethany, um, wrote that kind of explained out what she talked about at creative stuff. So I'll try to let me copy that sucker and I'll send it to you in an email, Michael, since you already emailed me, but you probably don't read that email um, because it's the seven tips or something. But anyway, I'll, um, I'll make sure you get it. Um, But anyway, so I'm excited. I'm excited that you do interviews, Rachel. I'm excited that you're a learner. I'm excited that it doesn't matter that you're still like, hey, I, I definitely know a good bit because who you're around all the time, I know you know a ton. <laughs> I think it's good to have that kind of teachable spirit. And I think, Michael, you have that same teachable spirit. There's always new things that you're learning. Um, one question, one last question was, what's the difference in learning it online and then learning it in the classroom? And why would you suggest people do an in-classroom or, or have you all out to there? Because you guys would fly somewhere, right?
2: Absorption you learn more through absorption being in the room than you do digitally mimicking trying to be in the room there's the human brain has so many perceptors right how the teacher's holding the pencil you may not see that on video how the what the emphasis in the voice in the hands are creating in the you know at the moment absorption is what it is you learn more through absorption being in the room than you in my spe- opinion.
1: But more specifically about topography, I think there's not only is there macro topography, there's also micro topography. There's tiny, tiny yeah. details you yeah. just don't catch on video or online that that we teach. I mean, when we were doing, we did a, a session with the Disney team and they got two classes out of it because Michael started talking about all this peripheral stuff that mm-hmm. we don't usually teach in the workshop. And uh, there was just a lot of tiny, tiny details that they were producing in their work that we wouldn't have taught about it, taught if it was a class, but because it's a workshop and they're producing the work and we are responding to it, then we bring in all these other lessons that have to do specifically with their work.
2: And it it helps them that I don't have a really good perception of time.
0: So benefit to us too. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: why Rachel's going okay we gotta go, go, ahead, go. Like
0: <laughs> you probably have a meeting but anyway so I so appreciate I just want to make sure everybody has that so I'm going to read the um, website and the links and it'll also be under the video at you.com. but so if you want to follow them on Instagram it's at type E-D-L-A and then on Twitter which is the best place to get information and have conversations it's type ed t-y-p-e-e-d and then you can also find them at type hyphen ed.com or then look at some of their work at rampcreative.com, right mm-hmm. okay rampcreative.com. so we know that they're at and if you go to type hyphen com slash catalogs you can find the ones that are because if you're like me and in a different la you're not able to go all the way to um los angeles and take it but the ones that are online are really good too but they do take you do have to um you have to it does require something else you you have to do more and you're not going to get as much out of it make because it's not a workshop
1: Sure, sure, Right, right. Exactly. And you also should know a little bit about type. I mean, I think that, you know, we've actually had people who were actors. We've had a nurse into our type one class. There's people who are just interested in type, but yeah. I think you get more out of it if you really have an understanding of design to start. And well, it's you-
0: like music, right? right? It's instead of just r- listening to music. If you're also a musician and you went to a workshop about a specific, that's what it is. It's yeah. us playing music.
1: Exactly.
2: Also, you know, you remember in the early 90s, mid 90s, when we were being educated, the firms that were practicing agencies, they would literally judge you, your design skills based on how you handle type. It was all about the type, remember? It still is now. I mean, I can tell you younger people now, it's still like that. When we go to judge big design competitions, we still do that. It's always the type. Mm-hmm. It's always the
1: type. Double down on this.
0: Point. Well, and you said that, I think, in one of the interviews in, on the website when I was do, reading, um, that that was one of the things where you saw it. It wasn't right. so much on people coming in and interviewing. You definitely saw that there. But it was just people couldn't people weren't understanding how to use type as you were being a judge and people were coming from all over entering these competitions. And I, you know, I feel like a lot of students will not want to deal with body text and they'll be like, well, I'm going to do this catalog without body text. I'm like, how, how are you going to do yeah. that brochure? Like the, no client's going to let you sure. Just put some pictures up and just put my website. That'll be fine. Like I want to know, I want to know, how are you going to deal with body text. Yes. If you can do a business card and it has three lines, awesome. But how can you do a business card that has seven lines or 10 lines? How are you going to handle that? That's what I, cause if you can do a lot and you can do it, make it beautiful, then you can do a lot. You can do a lot with nothing. You know, it's easier. So it's the harder, it's kind of like mini suicides, right?
1: That's right. Yes. <laughs> In suicide exactly. Drills, suicide drills. Not yeah, it.
0: yeah. I know you're right. You're right. But it. Yeah, I think of, oh, you're right. I should not say suicide. We do not. We're not promoting. We're promoting the drill. But it is like working out, right? If you like mm-hmm. Doc, he's been out of it. He's been doing more illustration. But it's what you know, and it's um, just if you if you stop doing illustration, then you'll lose some of those skills as well. You have to keep going to the gym. And you Yasha. Actually, if you just use the same, if I just did the same muscle work at the gym, those muscles would stop growing. You have to do things in different ways and push yourself. And I think that's why you guys are so great. And I definitely, um, (laughs) he says he's repenting already. (laughs) Uh, He's a great illustrator as well. But Doc, (laughs) I know you can do it. So anyway, thanks guys for coming. Thank you. Um, We have Fabio Perez on next week. And he um, had his sticker. Oh, there it is. There's one of them. So he he's super fast. It says, drink good. I don't know why it's not focused. Let me do my famous. You focus on the owl and then
2: oh, there, you go. there we go. Oh, that's cool.
0: <laughs> and so, And he's so fast. He is lightning fast, people. And I'm super excited. Oh, the book that I showed earlier, I showed two different books, but one was the Robert Bringhurst book. The elements of typographic style—it's absolutely incredible. Maybe I needed to do it like that. I will put it on the link. Um, and definitely, we talked about before we went on. We talked about Kimberly Elam's typographic systems. I have so many. Um, yeah. and I did show typograph typography for lawyers, which Bethany had talked about um, in her thing, and um, and we t- talked about just just a little bit today. But um, next week. Fabia, who loves typography as well, but is incredibly fast and can whip out things like you wouldn't believe. That didn't sound good, and I'm sorry my mom's listening, but I really, anyway, you know what I mean? Like whip out designs, should say suicide drills and whip out designs. Um, faster than anybody else, but anyway, so I hope you got. we only have two more shows the rest of 2016, so I hope you guys will, um, Join us and if you ever need to get in touch with me, you can email me at diane at com, or check out any of our old videos at on iTunes or you can't check out the videos. You can listen to the interviews on iTunes or you can um, watch them on YouTube or check them out at rechargingyou.com. But that's it. Thanks, awesome. guys. Great.
1: Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys.
0: We'll have Appreciate to do it again for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yes.
0: <laughs>